his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, let's start with the fact that you're from St. Louis. So you grew up here. Tell me a little bit about that, where you went to school, and I know your mother is kind of well-known in town. Well, yeah, classic question, right? Where do you go to high school? So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to start with that. St. Louis U High, class of 09, you know, grew up on the mean streets right next to Ted Drew's, you know, the frozen custard streets of Ted Drew's. Uh, <laughs> went over to Rockhurst University in Kansas City for college, and my mom actually works for Rockhurst U. So she's uh, vital to the fundraising and advertising for the university here in St. Louis, and I think that's uh, one of her claims to fame. But uh, I think she's probably more well-known as the author of St. Louis Hills about the neighborhood where I grew up. What did you want to do when you were growing up? Yeah, you know, I mean, right from an early age, I was interested in sports announcing. So when I was a kid, I think I was 10 years old, I won a, a contest to go and announce the Little League World Series. It was sponsored by Snickers. I just made a tape of myself with my grade school baseball team like we were playing the Cardinals. But I was into it. I was, like, standing on my chair screaming uh so typical just like with city and (laughs) so uh, nothing's changed yeah nothing's changed (laughs) the last 20 years (laughs) kind of went through a little period where i was like maybe there's something else out there and was thinking about going into acting Uh, i majored in poetry at rockhurst definitely kept it useful Uh, people say english majors are useless i would uh i would say i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm in support of that maybe i'm the antithesis of that but i got out of college and was just like I got to give it a try. In fact, it was my mom who said, you really have to give sports announcing a try and ended up uh, working for a summer college baseball team in 2014 was like my first uh, job out in Wichita. Yeah, just bounced around the country ever since. Yeah, you've done a lot of uh, minor league baseball announcing. Uh, How did you develop the style that you have now? Dreams. (laughs) Dreams. <laughs> How about that? I've always had a I've always had a penchant for the uh, for the random. I've always loved the absurd, and I don't know that that's something that came as a result of sports announcing. Uh, I attribute a lot of it, as many in my generation surely do, to just the rise of the internet, the fragmented uh, view of reality that comes through social media, and I think that understanding what sort of became popular on social media and what is popular on social media. It's those bite-sized fragments that uh, often bring two unlike ideas together. Jean-Claude got me dancing like a live sea bass they threw on stage at the Lizzo concert. Lose a quick shot and oh, Roman Berkey! What a diamond save! Roman Berkey! Rejected it like Barber School did with my request to major in body hair. The funny thing about 
meeting you is that you are you seem very laid back and reserved. That's right. Which does not come across on the radio. No. I would say absolutely not. There's really there's two Joe Zanabonis, two Joeys uh, out there. One is uh, the guy that teaches middle school in Webster Groves that is pretty uh, pretty low key and is, you know, basically just a literature nerd and then there's the guy up here at night. Yeah, that's the other thing. So you're a middle school teacher. Is that on the side or is your radio thing on the side? Yeah, at this point it all just blurs together. It's all the world of entertainment for me right now, Scott. (laughs) You know, it's really meaningful work for me, though, to be able to teach English and teach literature. I'm very passionate about it. I've done it for going on five years now. I think the message that I really would like to convey to people is please read to your kids. Please do emphasize how important it is to sit down with books and read together. It's so vital to their growth and and that's something that I, I'm just really passionate about. So the poetry degree did have some usefulness. It did. <laughs> Ultimately, against expectations, it had a little usefulness. <laughs> well, it's an interesting combination. Poetry, middle school teaching, literature, and soccer. Where did your knowledge of soccer come from? Did you play as a kid? I think it really goes back to my grandfather. He was a supporter, a coach, a player, all 83 years of his life living on the hill here in St. Louis. And in fact, his neighbor just down the street, when my dad was growing up, was Charlie Colombo. He was very, very close with the guys from that 1950 U.S. World Cup team that took down England. Just the joy that he brought to the game. And when I was young, playing CYC soccer and club soccer, just remembering him coming out to those games and supporting and talking about the game with me it really it starts with him and then with my dad but i mean it's so important and vital to my family my brother played college soccer one of my sisters played college soccer it's just like our family game and even though more of my career has been spent in baseball and minor league baseball more of my family life my personal life has really been spent in soccer so i want to get back to the the logistics of of how you do this sure so you said you had a notebook and you had some things written down sure so is that the process that you have things that you might say at some point uh because i'm sure a lot of people are like how does he come (laughs) up with those things on the fly it's probably not on the fly is it uh you know it's like when you go to a pet shop and you're picking out a goldfish it's like you stick the net down there you're not sure exactly which one you're going to get but you know it's going to be a certain type of fish i think that when i go back and really this is a tribute to like the hardcore locket cocket rocket restock it fans as lcrr nation is known that's my home run call in baseball lock it cock it rocket restock it Save my legs with a roll of dollar store duct tape. There have been multiple people who have reached out to me over the years and said, you're always talking about this. This is one of the big themes with you. This is, you know, something that you always seem to bring up. Barber School has popped up a time or two through the years. So did you go to Barber School? Uh, I was a Barber School hopeful. That one was more from the uh, yeah the imagination. Once they rejected my body hair major, I just said I can't even show well, up. Well, body hair has come up more than once. Yeah, I keep notebooks of just random things, and then I, I write poetry. Is really my main like written outlet, I guess. And so I have just journals that. I mean, listen, Scott, if somebody found them right now, somebody dug through my stuff, they might say, that guy is certifiable. We've (laughs) got to get this guy off the air right now. As the game goes along, I will jot notes to myself about 
players, about coaches, about stats, about like the normal stuff. And then just I'll go back and I'll look at the the roster after the game or whatever sheet I'm using. I'll just see like in the March and I'll write, you know, salmon hatchery. <laughs> and just I kind of know where to take it from there. So when you were doing minor league baseball, uh, what prompted you to – go into this style that people now recognize. Yeah, I mean, the origin story is actually probably a little bit more interesting than people realize. Uh, when I was first starting out so the summer of 2015, I actually had a chance to announce for uh, an affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. And when I got out to the stadium and got to this town or in Utah, talking to the front office, I asked what kind of promotions they might be doing at the stadium this year and they told me they were doing a promotion called Caucasian Heritage Night and I was working at a historically black college at the time, Oklahoma Community College and even if I wasn't working there I would have felt the same way I just disagree with it, I thought it was a terrible Caucasian idea Caucasian Heritage Night Yeah, it was an absolutely awful idea Good Lord. Um, this was like 10 days before the season that I got out there as is kind of typical with minor league baseball you, you just basically show up right before the season starts and so I basically said, hey, this is a really bad idea, and I expressed my disagreement in writing and, and verbally as well and just said, you know, please, please reconsider. Uh, and I actually felt like I might have been kind of close to getting them to reconsider, and they basically delayed slightly, I think, the, the calendar release of this promotional schedule. I was still with the team for the first game of the season, and in the, my back pocket I had this – you know, notebook sheet that was basically like, here's a bunch of phrases, absurd phrases I would just just want to work in throughout the season, just like harmless, fun, absurd kind of phrases. And I kind of thought I might be quitting after this game. So instead of <laughs> instead of peppering them in, you know, like once a week, I better get all these in right now. And so I, I ended up dropping in like 12 to 15 phrases that night. And the response was like amazing. Everybody's like, wow, you know, this broadcaster is crazy. We love it. We got to have this guy. And the next day I went into the office and they released the promotional schedule and they said, we're going to try to do a promotion called Caucasian Heritage Night. And I just said, yeah, I quit. I'm not going to be part of this team that's trying to do something called Caucasian Heritage Night. There was quite a bit of hatefulness that was behind it. The team later tried to play it off as like a harmless joke. Or just, you know, whatever, just another thing. But, yeah, there was a lot of hatefulness and there was a lot of prejudice behind it. And I just said, you know, I'm gone. Um, and in the next couple of years, Scott, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was torn up by it. I was I was traumatized in many, many regards by the experience. Fell into a depression, became disillusioned to some extent. But I went back to that historically black college in Mississippi, ended up working there for a couple more years. And I think the biggest takeaway I ended up having out of it was just that you got to do things your way. Because I think my approach at that time was just like trying to be a people pleaser and trying to like go into any situation wherever I'm working, just being like, all right, you know, I'm just going to do things the way that that whoever's employing me wants it to be done. And I just think that out of that experience, I realized, hey, you can you can do things the right way and, and still try to be respectful and still try to be professional and still try to do the right thing. And to be honest with you, they'll still try to throw you under the bus. I mean, I remember the last words anyone with that team gave to me from the Orem Owls was basically, we're going to try to ruin your career now. Get the hell out of Utah. What? The heck? Yeah. And I remember, I remember 
I mean, one of the members of the ownership group called me on the phone to say that, and I picked up the phone, and I just laughed, and, and the guy hung up. That was the level, though. That was how messed up that situation was. And there was a story in the Salt Lake Tribune that actually accused me of being behind the event. And I think it was just misreporting, but it was like, you know, they saw somebody quit over the event. And I, I guess maybe, I mean, for all I know, the team after the oh, threats. Oh, they probably told them that. Yeah, the threats that they gave me, you know, very easily could have tried to defame me or, or leaked a fake story. But, um, you know, I choose, again, to be a positive person. I assume it was just a mistake. It was misreporting. You know, unfortunately, that, that story was picked up by USA Today and Deadspin, a couple of national outlets. And I had to get on the phone pretty quick and say, I've got hardcore evidence here. I've got emails. I've got written evidence as well as my word that says I was actually completely opposed to this. And it was, I mean, in a way, it was kind of darkly funny how quickly the story changed from this is like the worst person in America, Joey Zanaboni, to like (laughs) this is the best person in America, Joey (laughs) Zanaboni. But just everything, I mean, just the, the craziness, the just pure hate that I encountered from that team and then some of the misreporting after it, it just was a really hard time for me. But out of that, I think I found that personal strength to just say, yeah, you have to go and do this your own way. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Mike Lang fan for the Pittsburgh Penguins. In fact, when I was starting out, worked in local sports radio here and was a production assistant. So I would cut clips of different games. And really, that was the first time I had encountered Mike Lang, at least knew his name and who he was and what he did. I would say similar styles. He's a lot of absurd uh, catchphrases and things, just having fun with it. He shoots and scores. Oh, get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. For me, I've I've been, you know, pretty pretty open and pretty honest. The biggest influence has been Ken Wilson from the Blues. I think he's just about the perfect sports announcer. Just everything gets the hair to stand up on the back of your neck. McKenna's the shot. He And then for me, you know, on the baseball side, it'd have to be Mike Shannon. Mike gave us a few phrases through the years that left us scratching our heads and left us <laughs> smiling as well. So, I mean, I, I was just thankful, just so thankful to be able to listen to him for so many years and then listen to John, who's taken over and I think is the is really the best that's going right now in St. Louis. Oh, he's fantastic. We're lucky to have the, the guys that we have on KMOX calling the games. It's insane. I mean, we've just been spoiled. It's the mecca of sports announcing in America. Why that is exactly, I'm not sure. But, I mean, it's KMOX. It's the biggest radio station in America. And our own Tom Ackerman is getting a chance to call some TV games this year. So that's a big big thing for him. Great guy. And we had him out here for the first game with City. He was on the pregame show and was basically in the studio with us up here at the stadium and somebody I've looked up to somebody that I've really learned a lot from over the course of, I mean, really my entire lifetime. What do you think sold the team on you being the guy? That's a great question. You know, I never asked that. I didn't want <laughs> to ask any questions. You know what I mean? I said, I'm in. I grabbed the uh, complimentary fleece they gave me and just tried to blend in from there. I think that city wanted to take a little bit of a different approach while also catering to the traditional sort of soccer purists. And what Dale and I are striving to create is something that appeals to both of those dimensions. I think there's a lot of 
a lot of gray area, a lot of people who are just like, hey, it's soccer on the radio. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if this is normal for a guy to be screaming about a secondhand RV or if this is completely <laughs> out of the blue, right? And Dale is somebody who's been involved in St. Louis soccer for so long. I mean, for about, well, really, if you go back to his playing days, 40-plus years, and has a little bit more of a traditional style and has such a deep knowledge, a deep tactical knowledge of the game, that I think together we're able to appeal and strive to appeal to all the listeners. I imagine it would be a little more difficult if City had started out the way a lot of fra- mm-hmm. uh, expansion franchises start out, and that right. is stink. Right. <laughs> they obviously don't stink. Uh, so has that made your job a little bit easier since they're scoring goals and winning games? The emotion of it has carried me. I, I can't speak for Dale, but really it's just been, I think, those first couple of games when they debuted in Austin, when they came back to City Park, just the level of personal emotion that I had, it just made for such a unique broadcast and such a unique feel. It's really been something that's been unique in my nine-year broadcast career. I don't know that I've seen a team that's been on a run like this. But when I look back on my career, I, I think it's one of those things where you have to kind of go through the losing and understand what it means to be a broadcaster for a team that doesn't get off to a great start. I've actually been with two professional baseball teams who in the first quarter of the season lost 14 games in a row. And understanding how that helped me to grow and understanding uh, how that makes you a better broadcaster in many ways, it just increases the appreciation. My theme, and I've got it on a bumper sticker on the back of my car right now, is gratitude. Just thankfulness to be here and just absolutely thrilled to be along for the ride. And it's really cool. I mean, the players are are into the goal calls, and I think Bradley Carnell is into the goal calls. And they, are they? they? Yeah, they've quoted him back to me several times, oh, really? and I kind of am standing there sometimes like, wow, did I really say that? You know, <laughs> you just get up in the booth, you kind of black out during the game. I'm like, all right, did I actually say it? You know? <laughs> well, well it's, it's recorded, so yeah, you did. <laughs> I got to go back, you know. Uh, I don't know how they're getting their hands on these tapes sometimes so quickly. Hey, I remember you said that. I'm like, all right, you know, sure. Well, on the psychology of what you were talking about with uh, going through losing streaks and that, I mean, that's the same thing fans go through. I mean, I am from Buffalo, New York. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan my entire life, and I've been through a lot of losing, and it does help you appreciate when they actually start winning. Well, I'll tell you, I remember one of those 14-game losing streaks. I was with a professional baseball team in, in the Dallas area, and I actually remember I was getting my car fixed at a mechanic, and so I was kind of just like hanging out in their office for a minute, and it was a jet black couch that they had in the office. I said, okay, I'll sit down here. And as I'm sitting down, uh, I hear this right under me. It was a black cat. And so I sat on a black cat, and then we lost 14 games in a row. So and I, I know. I was like, I, that one's on me, guys. Sorry about that. How far do you think this team can go? I'm still in a moment right now, and I, I think it's the same with the players and the coaches and just everybody with the organization. But I often think about the quote from Leonard Cohen. Poetry is just the ash of life. If things are burning well, then it's just going to come. And I think that these wins that they piled up at the start of the season is really just a testament to how well things are going, how well things are burning. And I think that we're going to find the good times are going to continue because of the character of these guys. 
these guys care about each other and they really care about this community. We hope so. Quoting Leonard Cohen, teaching middle school, (laughs) talking strange references on the radio. Joey Zanaboni, a pleasure to talk with you and we appreciate the work you're doing and uh, good luck. Scott, thank you. It's just a pleasure to be with you and what this team's done has been so special. So I just appreciate the opportunity to share it. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.